say how much uh, I enjoyed Josh's prayer. It was uh, on point and very much the truth and the Lord was in it. And I just wish that everyone, we will get to a place where everybody, we will be able to share what we shared Thursday night. And the Lord will move in this church through the whole congregation the way that it moved Thursday night. The Lord was in this place mightily. He fell down upon us and we, and we prayed the way we haven't prayed and we come together. Then Lord showed us things. And like Josh said, people come forth wanting prayer and needing the Lord. And, uh, um, it was just, uh, it was a beautiful thing to see and, a, and an awesome thing to experience. And, and I'm just praying now. I don't believe Josh that's going to be just one occasion that it happened to happen Thursday night. I think we're stepping into a place in the ministry where that's going to be happening quite often. That more people are going to start getting involved and more people are going to start seeing and hearing what God is doing in prayer and through this ministry. And people are going to start to step into that area of anointing that the church is, is having now that we're growing into and want to be a part of it. And as we do step in, the Lord is just going to strengthen us, not because of the numbers, but because I, I believe he will pour out more anointing on this church as more people walk in line with what we're doing and what the Lord's wanting to do in this church. I just wanted to bring that up uh, and share that with you before I get started on my message today. But, but the presence of the Lord is beginning to be mighty in this church. It's, it does, like Eddie said, it doesn't matter the numbers in this church. Right now, it just matters. It's about the people who are full in, the people that are so on fire and hungry for God that they don't know what else to do in their lives but to, but to praise Him and, and want to get more and more like Him and be like Him in their lives. See, that's what we're supposed to be. We want to be like Jesus in our life. We want to step into His, um, into what He has us for us to do and, uh, it's just, uh, it's just an awesome and wonderful thing to, to see what Jesus is doing. And I just want everybody to be a part of what he's doing in this congregation. See, because we're going places. God has, has set his vision for this church. And we're walking into that vision. And we're walking on the same path that he has laid out for us. And uh, things are beginning to happen. And it's, it's so excited. I know I'm so excited. I don't even hardly know what to what I'm uh, what I'm saying it's not coming up maybe right but but I'm just so on fire for this for God and in this church and what he's doing for us that it's just almost a little bit overwhelming at times the things that I see and the things that I know in my spirit that he's going to do in this church do you I, I hope you get what I'm talking about I know and with that big smile on your face you know what I mean it's something different about when you get to that place where you're walking in spirit. You're walking with Christ fully and he's with you and he's got his arms wrapped around you. And you're hugging him, holding him tight. And you know that there's no fear in this place. There's, there's no fear when we're in this unity, when we're in love with God and we know that he's loving on us. There's nothing like it in the world to be part of this. There's places I could go on earth that might be mighty and fancy and churches and everything. But I don't want a building. I want a people that's in unity that loves christ that loves one another and we're going to be there for one another through thick and thin that's what living a christian life is all about hallelujah praise you jesus praise you lord oh praise you jesus praise you lord i, I see 
I see you looking at me. I haven't gone crazy. I haven't gone mad. I'm just in fire. I'm on fire for Jesus. I'm on fire for him. And I just want that fire to, to spread on this congregation. I want it for you so bad that I can hardly stand it. And we've been praying for this since I bring on the prayer team, the prayer ministry for, for the last four years. We've been praying for this. And it's beginning to happen. We're seeing it. See, we did not waste four years, Eddie, praying. We did not waste four years praying. We done what we were supposed to do, and now then we're seeing the fruits of our labor. The seeds have been sowing for years before I even got here. God was planting seeds in the ground for the future of this ministry, and that's we're seeing them sprout now. Rachel's day was just that would just bless me, Rachel. She's back there, but but man, that seed just I saw it just pop. It come up out of the ground just that quick when we prayed for her. Something did change. Something changed Thursday night. Something that changed this whole ministry, Josh. You're exactly right, brother. And so I just wanted to see more of this. Look over and see what the God's done for Shirley. Pop! And I'm going to see what God has done for my brother right there that I love so much. Curtis. Pop! See, I love him so much I couldn't think of his name. Hallelujah. But I'm just wanting to see... Pop, 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 pop all over the church. See, there's needs out there that, that has not been shared yet because you're holding them to yourself. You're too ashamed. You're too ashamed to speak up and ask for prayer for those needs because that's, uh, uh, you don't want to be embarrassed. But some of, some of you are going to start coming forth with the needs that you have. Things that have been holding you down your whole life. It's going to be time for you to bring those to Christ and we're going to pray for them and then you're going to pop just like the rest of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory, hallelujah, I love Jesus. How about you? Hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. Tracy, Tracy, thank you for praying for me, honey, because I was feeling really, really bad today. I felt so bad, I was like, man, if I, I would go home if I wasn't preaching today. But Tracy, she had an opportunity, which is going to lead into my message. She had an opportunity to pray for me. The Lord said, pray for Kevin. And she did. She took that opportunity and she prayed for me, and she changed me today to be, to, to be able to get up here and speak to you. She allowed that anointing. It opened up in me, Tracy. As soon as you prayed for me, I felt the anointing that I've been praying for, for this message. I hadn't felt it yet, but when you laid your hands on me and prayed for me, that opportunity that you had, it worked. It worked. See, that's what we have in our life. We have opportunities. We have many opportunities. That's what we're going to preach about today. Um... As opportunities, man, I hate to. I'm going to get started on my message now. If I can, if I can calm down a little bit. <sighs> Hallelujah! Praise you, Jesus. I love being on fire. It makes me thirsty. All right. Okay. I'm going to start out reading. Uh, Connie, I had a, another scripture in front of everything last night after I sent you scripture. So uh, we'll get to what I sent you when we get down to math, Matthew 19. We, you can start. Sorry about that. I apologize. Okay. What I'm going to start out with is 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 11. This is Saul and Goliath, not David and Goliath. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled a Sokah in Judah. They pitched camp in uh, Ephes Damon between Sokah and Azekah. 
Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale of armor, a bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves, and a, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed at six shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Now Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you are not, and you are not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill you, you will become our subjects and serve us. The Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Get this. On hearing the Philistines' word, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now see, Saul... Before David even comes in, in, in the picture here, Saul sees Goliath. The reason I read all of that with his armor and everything, I just wanted to make a point that he's seen the same Goliath that David saw when he came on the scene. And Saul here had an opportunity to do something special and do something great. He had an opportunity to come forth walk out and defy the Goliath in a way that David did. To go out and go against him because he's defied the living God, what David was going to do. But Paul, did, I mean, Saul didn't take this uh, opportunity into his heart because along with his whole army, he was dismayed and terrified. Now, see, he had a great opportunity ahead of him uh, we know that um, he got jealous of David, um, and the women were singing. Saul has slain his thousands, and David has slain his ten thousands. And he didn't like that. It made him jealous. But it didn't have to come to that point. If, God, if Saul had still been walking with God the way that David was and had him in his heart and living right the way he was supposed to live, he would have and probably would have went out there and been the one to fight Goliath and slay him, and his name would have been raised above all others in the history of the Israelites. But he, wasn't, he didn't take that opportunity. He wasn't where he needed to be with God or he would have done this. So here comes little old David had to come on the scene and, and slay Goliath. So that's what I'm wanting to, to teach you about a little bit today is take advantage of your opportunities. We need to be with the Lord where we need to be. We need to be writing him. We need to be in line with him. We need to be anointed by him. We need to know his word. We need to hear him when he talks to us. We need to know what's going on in our lives. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready instantly, in season and out of season. We need to be able to walk up and slay a giant that's going to come before us that we wasn't even expecting to face in our life. Because there are giants that we face, Tracy, there are giants that we face that... When we first see them or they come to us, we might be afraid and we want to back up. But it's, don't do that. It's an opportunity for us to advance, 
to advancing our lives and our strength with God to advance the kingdom and to walk with God and to, and to show the, uh, the world to be a witness to the world that we're not afraid of the enemy. We're stronger than the giants and the Goliath that, that the devil sends in our path. We can defeat him because we have Jesus Christ in us. We have the spirit of God and we are a fighting people. See, God's got an army in this land and we're part of that army right now. We're in that army right now. This church is kind of up to me. We're kind of stepping up uh, to the front line and, and we're taking action right now and it's just a beautiful thing to see and i'm just loving it and uh so um, i just praise god for that um i'll give you an example in matthew 19 uh chapter 19 16 through 22 the rich young ruler just then a man came up to jesus and asked teacher what good thing must i do to get eternal life why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there was only one who was good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not give a false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. And love your neighbor as yourself. And, all of, and he said, all of these I have kept. uh, What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he was sad because he had great wealth. Another missed opportunity here, like Saul. He could have went with Jesus. And ended up being one of his disciples. And with his great wealth that he had, he could have advanced the kingdom. He could have helped, um, helped the poor in the cities. He could have been able to, uh, to help the widows, like the Bible says, to take care of the widows. He could have helped the apostles and uh, disciples as they traveled about to keep them supplied where they didn't have no needs in their wants and their journeys. He could have been tremendous for the kingdom he could have been, he might have even had a book in the Bible. See, he might have been that close to Jesus and become that great, but he missed his opportunity. Let's don't miss opportunities when it comes to serving Jesus. Let's don't leave it behind a closed door. Let's don't put our, our light under a basket where it can't be seen. The world needs you. This church needs you. The world needs to see people that love Jesus and know that, hey, there's something different about these people. I want your light to be shining uh, shining bright enough that people come up and ask you what's different about you. And it's going to give you an opportunity that will give you an opportunity to tell them all about Jesus, what Jesus has done in your life and how he's changed you from he's drug you out of the miry pit and brought you up on high ground and cleaned you off, washed you off and showed you off to people saying, this is mine. I love him. He will exalt you if you exalt him and not afraid of him. Hallelujah. Luke 23, chapter 23, verse 39 through 43. The thief on the cross. Now, one of the criminals criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you feel God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, 
for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then Jesus said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him and said, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. All right, we have two men, one on each side of Jesus. Both of them had the same opportunity to come clean and to believe in Jesus and tell Jesus personally what he was awake and talking that that I see who you are. I know who you are now and I want to be with you for the rest of my life. But only one of them took that opportunity. And the other one kind of rebuked him for saying what he did, that this man's done nothing wrong and made the other one mad. So you can see where the heart difference was here. One of them was ready to receive salvation in Christ, but the other one was still so hard-hearted through the world that, that he just uh, didn't want nothing to do with it. And so he dismissed and lost opportunity. You see, there's lots of people that's going to die. That man died su- pretty suddenly. He wasn't on the cross that long before he died. And we all know people in our lives that may be sick or, or it doesn't matter if they're sick or not or old and we still haven't witnessed to them. See, we, we've got an opportunity to go around to people that we know and love that hasn't heard the gospel yet. We don't know anything about God and we know pretty sure in our hearts that if they was to pass away, they would go straight to hell. But we've got an opportunity to change that. And I've taken myself, I'm guilty. I'm walking on my shoes right now. I've got to start doing a whole lot better job than what I've been doing. And I realize that. And I'm going to tell you, you need to do it. You need to take that opportunity. Do better than what you've been doing. Well, you say, oh, I've been doing pretty good about it. You can do better. Isn't it worth it? Isn't, isn't keeping a soul from going to hell worth it? And seeing somebody that we know is going to go to hell and bring them to Christ and knowing that they're going to live in eternity with Jesus forever and ever in heaven. Isn't that, just, isn't that enough to, to fire us up? It should fire us up. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm stomping all over my feet right now. Hallelujah. But that's, we need to get to that place where we, we get the opportunities. I know I've had opportunities in the past. Uh, one time I went uh, to McDonald's. And I was going to get some iced tea, you know, make my own drink. And this other man was up there. And the Lord told me, why don't you go see if you can sit, sit with him and uh, talk to him, witness to him. Well, I thought about it, hung around a little bit, didn't do it. It hung in me for three months that I lost an opportunity that the Lord had already set up for me. And I walked out on that opportunity that God gave me and it took me three months to get over it. That's how, that's how strong it was. And then, you know what? After that, I try to do better. So I still struggle. I still struggle every time to do what the Lord tells me because I got a little bit too much flesh left in me that I got to get it burned out. So let's, let's remember that. Just like the thief on the cross, let's say this man has done nothing wrong. He doesn't deserve to die. Well, we got people in our lives that they don't deserve to die and go to hell. They deserved life eternal with Jesus Christ. All right. Opportunities are often tested by opposition. Now, this church, 
when COVID hit. We didn't really know what to do, but we had leaders that was on top of us, and we didn't have what we needed to minister to the world outside these walls at the time. But that opportunity arose when that happened, Eddie, because God was in it. And the men that planned it all, we ended up getting all the uh, equipment that we needed to expand out of these four walls and take it to the airwaves. Now, we still have some trouble sometime with that equipment, but uh, uh, we'll get that worked out. But what I'm saying, uh, it's an, it was an opposition. It was um, sometimes people are going to oppose you in what you think you want to do for the Lord when you get an opportunity. Some people are going to uh, jab at you and say, well, that's, I wouldn't take that opportunity because it doesn't sound right to me. Uh, it doesn't, I don't think it's going to work for you. But you say, in your spirit, I feel that Jesus is leading me to do it. But people try, sometimes will try to talk you out of something that you know that you need to be doing in your life. We've got to be uh, strong enough to stand up to them and say, no, I've got an opportunity to hear and I feel in my spirit that I'm supposed to take this opportunity and ask Jesus and pray about it and take that opportunity because if you pass it up, I don't want you to be suffering for three months like I did. Hallelujah. I was going to read this scripture with this was, but I will stay on uh, at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective, effective, effective work has opened to me and there are many of those that oppose me. I got so carried away, I forgot I had paper down here to look at. Um, but there are many, there are many who oppose me. Just, just think if, if Paul, every time he was opposed, he cowed down and backed off and didn't do what he should have been doing, which is serving Jesus and bringing the, the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, would have been all the uh, New Testament, most of it, he wrote. And if he had cowed down to the enemy in opposition, those chapters in the Bible might have been uh, lost forever. Or he might have had, God had somebody else to write them because somebody was supposed to write them. But he took opportunity in what he had to do for the Lord and he knew what it was to share the gospel. And he had said it in his heart that he would not be denied he would not be, be defeated by the opposition as many times as he got whipped, stoned, bruised, a snake bit, shipwrecked. It didn't matter. He kept on plugging and rolling because he's taking advantage of the opportunity that he had to be lived for Christ and to share the gospel to him. It was in him. It was fully in him. Second uh, Timothy 1.7 For the Spirit... For the spirit God gave us does not make us fear, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That's what I've kind of been saying is uh, we can't be afraid of the opportunities that God gives us. Now, there's going to be some opportunities in your life <clears throat> that doesn't come from God. It's just a job opportunity, which could be from God, but things in our lives, all opportunities are from God. Uh, they're just uh, because all opportunities are not good. All opportunities doesn't line up with the Word of God. All opportunities doesn't glorify Him and edify Him in your life. So we need to be aware of those opportunities that come. Um, 
It could be an opportunity. Somebody wants you to uh, go to a uh, rock concert with them and uh, with the uh, uh, the lyrics and stuff you know that are going to be bad and uh, cussing and just, just filthy living and or whatever. But uh, um, all opportunities aren't good for us. They're not good for our spirit. They're not good for us to walk into. Uh, we don't want to do those kind of things. So we've got to remember that even though every opportunity isn't from God, we need to pray about every opportunity that comes our way. Because sometimes there may be something hitting an opportunity that doesn't sound right to us. We need to pray about it. God might reveal something to us about, it, about this opportunity that is actually his plan in the working. And we don't realize it. Because all things that come to us, opportunities isn't like smelling a rose. Some of them is more like getting stuck by the thorn on the rose than it is smelling the rose. So don't let um, getting stuck turn you away from that. Pray about it and see what God wants to do in your life with this. Um, there was a shoe salesman. He got sent to Africa to sell shoes. After a couple of weeks there, he sent a letter back home. Saying, uh, send me an airplane ticket, I'm coming back home because nobody here wears shoes. And so he left and went home. So the shoe company decides to send another salesman over there. After a few days, that other salesman, he calls back and tells the company, send me every pair of shoes that you have because nobody over here wears shoes. What a different view from two different people on an opportunity that they had. One of them, the first one, man, he sounded like to me, he wasted an opportunity to, show, to uh, sell more shoes in the history of being a shoe salesman. But he walked away from it. He didn't understand what he was given. He didn't understand his opportunity, and he walked away from it. But the second one walked into it positive. He was so positive. See, we've got to be positive. And so he walked into it and said... Uh, Send me all the shoes you got. See, he's seen the opportunity. He's seen all these bare feet walking around. He said, he needs shoes. He needs shoes. He needs shoes. He needs shoes. And he probably even went to, to a place where he probably said, if we bring you shoes, would you like to, to buy a pair of shoes or try on a pair of shoes? And he got a lot of responses that said, yeah, I would love to try that. There was a guy here before, but he, he come and he didn't bring no shoes with him. He just wanted to talk to us about shoes, and, uh, and uh, so, but that didn't do us no good. So we need to ask God to send the shoes to, to work, do the work that he wants to do in our lives. Bring the shoes, God, bring the shoes. Send me the shoes, and I will help people to walk in them. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, okay. Another little quick story. I'm not, I usually don't do any stories when I, when I preach, so... Uh, I kind of overlook him, but Walt Disney, when he went out to buy the, the land for the first Disney World that he was going to build, he had a friend, this guy with him, and Walt Disney gave him an opportunity to buy up the scrub, what they called back then, the scrub land that was on the outskirts of all of this. And um, the guy thought about it and uh, uh, decided he didn't answer him, so he ended up selling it. But it, that land ended up being worth a fortune, an absolute fortune. See, the guy didn't react quick enough. See, some things are time-sensitive opportunities that God gives us. Sometimes he wants a, he wants a quick reply from us. But this, this guy, he waited too long, and, and he, 
Somebody else bought the scrub land and become rich with it. See, we want to be rich in Jesus. We want to take the opportunity to, to buy what he's selling, to understand what he's saying and believe what he's saying in our lives that will make us prosperous in him. We want to be prosperous in Jesus. I want to be so filthy rich that I can't stand it in him. Hallelujah. That's where he wants us to be. He wants us to be this filthy rich in him, him and what he has for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, okay. Go ask yourself, is this opportunity from God? I said a while ago, is it in line with God's word? Number two, where did this opportunity come from? Did it come from somebody reliable that you know and believe and trust? Did it come from Satan himself trying to lead you astray? What do you sense in your spirit about this opportunity? You need to stop and pray about it and see if God is speaking to you about it. If you can't get a full understanding, call somebody you know and have them come over and pray about this opportunity because you don't want to do something wrong, but you don't want to miss out at the same time. And fourth, do you need God's help in this? If there's an opportunity comes along and you don't uh, think you need God's help in it, uh, it's probably not a good opportunity. If an opportunity comes along, you said, now, if I pray about this and, and I get other godly people involved with me and, and take a real close at this, close look at this, this thing is going to work out awesome. It's a good opportunity because God's going to be in it. Any opportunity that we can get that God's going to be in is, is just what we need, need to be looking for when it comes to good opportunities in our life. We don't know how our affections will affect people and make a difference in their lives. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 16, I mean chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we get an opportunity to pray about any situation, we need to pray. No matter how small or how big the circumstance, we need to pray for our brothers and sisters. We need to pray for our pastors, our leaders, your friends. We need to pray for any circumstance that comes along when somebody needs prayer you need to be ready to pray for him on the spot i've learned that i used to uh, uh say i'll pray for you and do it later but now then i've gotten to the point where i pray for him on the spot wherever we're at it doesn't matter i pray for him on the spot one day i was in um purcell tire and a pastor friend of mine come in brought his boy and his boy was sick I said, can I pray for him? Yeah. So I poured out to Jesus right there in Purcell Tower and everybody sitting in there listening heard it. I didn't care. The boy needed prayer. He needed it right then. And sometimes I believe if we, de- if we delay, don't take advantage of our uh, opportunities that are, are there that, that we're going to miss up. See, he could have he got healed. I don't know for sure that very day. Or since, since I was um, obedient to the Lord, that God used me for him in that prayer. But we don't want to, so if we pass, let that pass us by, we don't know how long he would have stayed sick is what I'm trying to say. Um, 
Galatians 6.10 Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Do good. An opportunity to do good. One kind act to someone can change their lives. I've heard this before. One kind act to somebody can change Stop them from committing suicide. I've heard this more than once. Well, somebody says a positive word to somebody that was contemplating taking their life and it changed their life, brought them out of that depression, and it would end up serving God. Take the opportunities that you're given. Do good. Help the old lady across the street. It's not just a cliche, something we say that sounds good. It's something real that you can do in your life. Anything that you can do good to help somebody, help a group of people, help one person in your life that day, take advantage of that opportunity because you don't know how it's going to affect them the rest of their life. There may be people that's on the borderline of wanting to serve Jesus, but they don't know for sure because they've run into some people that were supposed to be Christians, they thought, and didn't treat them right. Take that opportunity to love on them. Take that opportunity to show him who Jesus really is in a Christian's life. Don't drop it. Don't waste your opportunities, please. We have an opportunity to testify. Hallelujah. If you can testify, testify. Because we know that, that a tes- testimony defeats the enemy. The devil can't stand it when people are testifying about Jesus. He flees. He flees from te- he flees because of testimony. So anytime you get an opportunity to testify to somebody, let them have it. Let it pour out of your spirit into them so they can hear the good things and the positive things that God has, has done in your life or for somebody else. Take that opportunity and make something out of it. Make a difference in people's lives. Because people need change in their lives today. There are desperate people out there that truly need a kind word from somebody. That, that truly need somebody to come over to help them. Where they didn't think nobody would help them. That truly need uh, somebody in their lives to make, a, make such a difference that it just uh, changes the whole life. The whole attitude on life could be in the dumps. But you show them some love and kindness and you try to help them. Let it and it will take them to a whole different level. It will take them out of the slumps and out of the dumps and bring them forth where they start to be sociable and start to want to be around you or be around people and and be able to get out of the house without fear. So let's do good. When we're going down the road and somebody almost hits us in the car or whatever, it's it's not good to slice back at them and throw your car and try to hit them. I'm sure somebody in here has probably done that. But instead of doing that, what are we going to do? Say, they may not read our lips, but praise you, Jesus. I'm sorry that you almost hit me. You know, there's different ways that we can react. There's opportunities in how we react, react to each situation like that. We can react the godly way, and we need to try to react the godly way. Now, sometimes we're not going to get all this right. We're going to make mistakes. So if you make a mistake, don't let that stop you from pursuing your next opportunity. God's going to forgive you for that. Forgive yourself of a missed opportunity and look forward to the next one that God has for you. That's what we need to do in our lives. When the door of opportunity knocks, let's make sure we open it and at least see what's there. 
If you see good things in there, if you feel the presence of spirit, uh, the presence of the Lord just flood you when you open up that door, walk into it and see what the Lord has for you. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to, in a service like this one, don't be afraid to come up and ask for prayer. Don't be afraid to come up and get on your knees and cry out to Jesus. Don't be afraid, afraid to, to, to raise your hands and worship him. You're not going to make anybody mad. People are going to see you do that, and they're going to be so excited for you, and they're going to praise Jesus because you took that opportunity to worship him. Praise team, Ryan. Today in this service, we have opportunities. See, because I'm going to give you the opportunity to come forth today to, to kneel at the altar, stand up and pray, have us pray for you for any need. You see, there may be somebody here today that has been chained up in bondage for years and years and years. And you've had, had it prayed for before several times and it's never been broken. Well, you've got an opportunity today to get them chains broken and to get out of bondage. Because the Spirit of the Lord is in the house and he's moving. And he's wanting to do something. And we're going to start seeing people that's going to start coming forth. Even if nobody does today, your chains are going to get broken. You're going to be set free in Jesus. The people is going to be healed in this ministry more than we're seeing some now, but it's going to be more and more. Things are looking up and God is moving. So if there's an opportunity today for you to come up here and pray, get prayed for, uh, praise God, whatever God is putting on your heart, he's giving you an opportunity right now that he wants you to take advantage of. Don't walk out of here today without taking advantage of what God has put on your heart to do. You will regret it. You will regret it. I don't want that to see that happen. I don't know what your opportunity is today because I know there's opportunities for people today. I can feel God that's moving on people right now in this church. I can feel his presence so strong, Josh, that, uh, that he's just crying out for people to, please, I'm talking to you. God is a helping God. God is a loving God. He's not going to be about mad of anything you've done in your past or anything you thought about doing in your future. He wants to help you right now. He wants to change your life forever today. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. And as the worship team gets ready, I just want you to just think about it for, for a couple of moments here and let the Lord speak to you. Father God, as these have come forth today, Lord God, to, to be prayed for, Lord, I hope there's more, God. God, just pray the Lord that you would move in the house, Father Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.